Hello and welcome to Southside Fringecast. My name is Hannah Fredskart and I'm delighted to present this podcast brought to you by the people behind the Southside Fringe Festival. How do we create sustainable exhibition opportunities for artists in the community? In this episode, Stuart McPhee is speaking to artists and curators Georgia Thornton-Sparks and Grace Higgins-Brown from Everything Must Go. Everything Must Go is an art project which intends to temporarily occupy shop fronts and windows with contemporary exhibitions involving local early career artists. Everything Must Go was exhibited in the windows of six Southside venues on the venue trail during the festival weekend in May. Now, over to Stuart, Georgia and Grace. Thank you, Hannah. I'm here with Grace and Georgia, the creators of Everything Must Go. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Can you tell me what Everything Must Go actually is? So, Everything Must Go is a project um, that Grace and I started about five months ago. We've been talking about it for like a good year. Though, yeah. Um, but... It kind of started, it's just been through conversations about, um, well, when we were both at art school, we both studied at the Glasgow School of Art, and whilst we were there, there was construction going on on Saki Hall Street. I distinctly remember seeing loads of empty retail units, but the lights would be left on all night, and it was just an idea for, like, it'd be interesting to occupy that space with art. And of course, we were around the corner from it as well, but it was just sort of like looking at spaces that weren't gallery spaces to exhibit work in places where there's a lot of footfall and stuff. And Glasgow has a pretty good uh, reputation, well, like, standard of people exhibiting outside of gallery space already. So it's, like, nice to be in an environment like that already. Um, So, yeah, we decided, yeah, about five months ago to start trying to actually make this happen because I think we were studying, like, in the midst of all of the death of the high street and all of that, and obviously that's only gotten worse over the past year. Um, so, obviously, I'm sure everyone's noticed how many more retail units are empty and things now. So we were kind of thinking about how we can create these kind of temporary installations and, and little happenings to try and really, like, enliven those spaces mm-hmm. temporarily. Um, just, like, brief occupations. Um, and also to provide opportunity for us and all of our, like, artists friends and people yeah. that we know who are also struggling without any opportunities to actually exhibit stuff um mm. i think everyone's got a bit fatigued with online exhibitions after a while yeah um, I, I think there's there's part of that and it's also like it's the with there's a really like huge contemporary art scene of graduates and existing students in glasgow but there's not an awful lot of opportunity um to be able to exhibit and one of the things that happens when you leave art school as well is that the opportunity to exhibit becomes less and less because obviously like life gets in the way work all that kind of stuff logistics money um and then applications like we were chatting about before they're just a whole other job in themselves as well so yeah I think we were just thinking about just trying to create a bit more opportunity and space um for things to happen and what that looked like so we spent ages like hashing out what it means what this could look like and of course over 
um, lockdown as well, we're part of a studio um, that we set up with 15 other people in, that's in the pipe factory called 242 Studios. And um, we did an exhibition, an online exhibition called Remote Exhibitions, where it's like one, once every month, I think, some, a studio tenant would exhibit online. Um, and it's been interesting, actually, sort of like what's come out of that um, but it was using the pipe factory space to photograph the work. So the, each of us would physically sort of like set something up or present something. Um, and then it would be shown um, online. But it was, it, was really, it was really fun to do. It was really interesting seeing everybody's work. Because of course we weren't seeing each other through the pandemic yeah. as well. So we didn't actually get to like physically catch up with anybody and chat about what they're working on. But. It was just super refreshing to like be in that environment again and, and to have kind of like... Because they were almost like, I think we each spent a week uh, kind of in residence almost, yeah. having the show live. And it was just like such a nice opportunity to have like good discussions and, and see things in the flesh. Because obviously you could go, like, well, we could go into our studio and you'd see the work there when you were just working. Mm-hmm. And it was it was great. And we just realised how much we missed it. Yeah. Um, so just trying to think about like how, I guess, trying not to fight against circumstances but use them as a way to mitigate and determine how we can do things which I actually quite enjoy mm, problem doing. solving yeah, yeah. It, it, you know so we were initially trying to get in touch with retail units and things but landlords generally aren't that interested if they're not going to get consistent oh, yeah. money and stability oh yeah that was a real that, sort of, that was be- a struggle yeah at the beginning it was definitely like so whilst we were on the hunt for like locations essentially like that was calling landlord um, and retail units and all that stuff for ages um, getting I mean relatively mixed feedback but for the most part you got some really friendly landlords that was like that sounds like a nice idea but you know <laughs> don't, don't, don't think we're gonna do it like yeah. and we were thinking like a year a year in advance as well so we were trying to be as organized as possible but of course that's not helpful to anybody <laughs> like i i've shopped you know because they they want somebody to take it as soon as possible yeah. so um yeah, it's, it was it was a lot of interesting no's. <laughs> that was that was a bit of a struggle. Um, but just for a while, it was us chatting about what exhibiting within empty retail units as a kind of window dressing, but with contemporary artists local to Glasgow would look like, and then logistically trying to get on that. So trying to find somewhere. Yeah, we were we were on the hunt for shops and money, and then now, <laughs> uh, yeah, we got in touch with. Southside Fringe and this has just worked out really well because it's um, you know a series of like temp- very, very temporary exhibitions mm-hmm. in a really nice it's kind of just such an interesting mix of venues as well yeah. so I think like the context of that um, has been really fun to match artists up with and things and I think um, you know now we're kind of going at it from a slightly more DIY perspective and just trying to see how it goes and just trying to see it as an experiment of how we can do some really nice, like developing good, like collaborative, nurtured, like exhibition practice with people. Yeah. And see how we can all kind of help each other out and, and try and uh, show some work where we all feel quite out of practice. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the other thing as well. It was like being able to, because we we're, we're quite good friends with a lot of the artists that are in this as well and that felt sort of important in the first iteration of anything that 
we got the opportunity to do, which we've been lucky enough with Southside Fringe, um, that, of course, in an ideal world, we'd love to sort of have funding to be able to pay everybody properly as well, because that's a really big thing about a lot of the conversations yeah, that we've been having. Yeah, sustainability, like proper sustainability. Proper sustainability. Um, but when we originally started chatting about Starf and, and tried a huge funding application... <laughs> With thorough research, research mind, like it wasn't, it wasn't. Yeah, being, we were doing it for months. We were doing it for months, and it was, it was thoroughly researched. But by the end of it, the absolute burnout of bureaucracy and the amount of work that goes into it was just, it was just out of our experience. And we thought this is kind of killing the fun of the project, which is just like work within the constraints and see who's available and who wants to do something. So we've yeah. been really lucky with the artists on board that are going to be exhibiting. Yeah. in the different venues which is great um but kind yeah of realizing that we exist in a community of people where we've you know been working with and around each other for so long there's a level of trust there so I think kind of being able to do each other favors and, and trust um each other because that's if you know our first this is our first proper like public uh facilitated yeah thing. moment with this yeah. and and equally like we're aware of those people's work and what they're working on and we really didn't want people to make have to like make new work or spend money and like it was short notice yeah. and we obviously can't give like big artist fees and things right yeah. now so it's kind of just we're just trying to test things and see and enjoy it I mm-hmm. think instead of putting like a lot of pressure on responsibility that comes with like you know big funding bids and things which is just a different ball game and that's fine but we're just trying to see how it can all work yeah we're trying to do it on our own see 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 how it works see if we can reach out to the people in our in our small sort of circle of artist friends and stuff as well and grow it and then grow it and grow it from there yeah and see and see what happens with that but a lot of it is like i mean having having these like amazing conversations about what exhibiting looks like now um yeah to actually doing it and it becoming real has been really nice so like last week um i went to go to most of the locations of people um with the artists involved and it was just great having that conversation about just logistics like the window's really big what what are you feeling about this or like what materials have you got or what have you been working on and sort of seeing people being interested and problem solving and sort of thinking about what works um and hearing what everyone's been up to yeah yeah, it's been really it's been really nice to catch up with people as well. Yeah. Um but yeah, I think it's I think it's been really fun. I'm really looking forward to it. So how did you guys get involved with the Southside Fringe? So it was Blanche who got in touch with us from Rags to Richard, was it? Yeah, from Governor Hill Bath. Yes. We sent out a load of emails when we weren't getting anywhere with the landlord group, which, I mean, <laughs> he was surprised by that. Um, mm. Sent out a bunch of emails to just people in our community about spaces and availability and just advice and things. We were chatting to Blanche, and then I'd emailed the Strathbongo community group, I think, yeah. and then got put in touch with Corinna, who is the director of Sausage Fringe. Mm-hmm. And, and then we had a phone call, and then it just kind of happened which was really exciting. It just seemed yeah. like a good fit because obviously you set up this venue trail and things. So there were these spaces that were just kind of like ready to have things 
in them. Yeah. Um, I remember when you came off the phone with Karina as well, and you were like, oh my God, she was like so friendly. And it was really nice, like, I think. To get a yes after so many yeah, years. Honestly, like, as soon as it happened as well, because we've all lived, like, us and the majority of the artists involved as well pretty much live in Southside. So, like, getting to know Southside Fringe Festival and its history a bit more has been really interesting, but it's also just like connecting with people who are literally local yeah. and like seeing what's happening and what's going on. It's been so nice. And like at, at most of the stages of this as well, we're still sort of a little bit like touch wood about how accommodating each venue has been. Mm. Um, you know, it's nothing like wild that's been posed to be put placed in any of the particular venues, but it's just been like, people like, yeah, sounds great. Yeah, <laughs> each other like, sorry, what? Yeah, okay. <laughs> very used to very used to having like um, a multiple checklist of health and safety things that you're like right. Okay, and like we've got to make sure this. Plan B, C, D. <laughs> yeah. um, but um, but yeah, there's something about that that just feels really. It feels like right place, right time. Yeah. That this came around in a really brilliant way. But yeah, yeah. Now, how would you like to see your everything must go project grow in the future? What would you like to see it in a couple of years' time? I think we want to keep... <laughs> I, I think, like, I'm hesitant to kind of... I don't know what it's going to be, mm. but I'm excited about that. But yeah. I want to keep doing things. And I think we were talking about trying to do a kind of publication after we've done this and maybe another round of things mm-hmm. to try and... Because I think there's kind of parts of this where we're trying to create this kind of, like, nice uh, community of of people working together to put on these small kind of occupations and interventions and shows, but also uh, get practising with, like, curatorial things. Yeah. So, like, you know... Very practical, to yeah. be honest. Like, this is what this is great for. Like, So we want to grow it in that way, too. Yeah. I think... Um, yeah, I think it's, like... Because, because we kind of don't really know where this could potentially lead as well. Ultimately remaining active and coming up with ideas for different things that we can do is the best that we can really hope for from this but I mean like out of, I think there is also something through the conversations that we've had what we found when we've had a moment with any of the artists or any of our mutual friends who are also artists as well is everybody's perspective on their own practice and making and what it means to be an artist now and stuff as a really interesting point of conversation. So a lot of it, what's involved in like the publication that we're considering making, kind of like a research project really about... Recording all these conversations. Yeah, like making it available yeah. as well. It's like, because it's part of... That's one of the, the things that I... The, pretty much the main thing that I miss from art school is just like... Uh, uh, like a stone's throw away you've always got somebody to be able to like really hash out these quite big ideas about stuff and when you're out of an institution and busy working and juggling a lot of responsibility it's quite difficult um, to encourage those conversations again without it feeling a bit forced or like sometimes people just don't want to talk about it because yeah. like, it can be quite weighted but um, I think it'll be really nice to produce something like that really talk to people about their experiences with just just trying to put their work out there mm-hmm. but um and especially at a time like i think a lot of people are having like really valuable conversations about what things mean and how they can exist and how spaces can exist right now obviously with the pandemic um and i think you know i we're also thinking at it from that aspect it's a very like unique moment mm. in time and i think everyone's idea of space and, and how we use it is quite different right now and i think that's really interesting how that varies yeah um in the conversations we've been having um 
And also just to say that, like, we're both really interested in that kind of intersection of being an artist and curator. Yeah. And we've both been involved in kind of curatorial things when we were at uni and, and after art mm-hmm. school as well. And I think we're just trying to... It's a, it's quite a difficult one to to start doing. Um, yeah. So we're, we're just trying to do it. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's really weird. We, we, we've talked about it, and then, and then something came along, which is brilliant, and then we're doing it, and we'll just hope we'll do some more. <laughs> yeah, and just see where it goes yeah. and how it shapes. It's really like an experiment, yeah. which feels good. I think one thing I would say as well, though, is like definitely for both of us, the thing that we're that we're both really passionate about is like sustainability with practice and life like a lot of a lot of things that are required of you are expected of you like most creative industries by as that well. meaning balance and things yeah and, balance yeah. and like you know work-life balance and like money just the money your own money that you're putting into stuff if you're not spending 90 percent of your time applying to things it's um it's kind of looking at things in a way where you can still have your cake and eat it too, to some degree. There will be compromises, obviously, because everybody has to like fund their various projects. But um, I'm really interested with anything that we do as well. I think we both are in like creating a good relationship as artists slash curators with anybody that we work with in a way that's like check in with us and tell us how you're doing, or like you know just keeping the conversation open and a little less about positions or hierarchies or anything like that like literally well, I mean, just collaborating it as, yeah it's collaborative and these are kind of the questions that we ask ourselves a lot yeah so it's you know I, we're not at a point right now where we can afford to like solve everyone's work-life problems no. by get, paying them really well which is like rubbish <laughs> and which we could but um you know I think momentum and trying to continue doing things like this is often the way that you figure that stuff out and mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe one day <laughs> we yeah. can pay everyone really well. Yeah. And then we'll do more, but with money, maybe. <laughs> but who knows? <laughs> What's been your favourite part of the project? I think just like, it's just been really nice working with everyone. Oh my God, just people, isn't it? Like, I really like people. working with you, Georgia, too. Um, but <laughs> also it's nice to just... It's just so nice to have... Yeah, we've been saying it already loads, but just those conversations with people, it's just been really refreshing and it's made me feel super motivated again yeah um oh my god motivation out of what's yeah. felt like just real dirge dirge total dirge like um yeah it's it's been working with people chatting to people is really nice i think there something about all of the this project so far and working with Southside fringe is kind of like given I feel like a real rose-tinted perspective. Like, this can't be how it, how friendly it is. We've just had everyone's such... Everyone's saying yes. Everyone's saying yes and being so accommodating. This can't be how it... Can it really be like this, you know? Like some sort of really happy fever dream, but it's actually happening. It's just so that, in that sense, it's been really nice to know that it doesn't have to be, like, exceptionally draining and difficult. It could be a little stressful. It can be a little bit of juggling this and that, but... I like stuff like that anyway, so... Um, but, yeah, I think it's just people. It's been really nice to meet everybody. Yeah. Um, and see something that you've been talking about... Happen. Happen in an iteration that you weren't quite expecting but couldn't be happier for. Yeah. Yeah. Grace, Georgia, thank you very much for your time and I look forward to seeing what you guys bring us in the future. Thanks so much. Thanks. 
And that was Stuart McVie speaking to Georgia Thornton-Sparks and Grace Higgins-Brown. We are now going to close this episode with a brilliant straight-up punk song called Horses Severed Head by Glasgow musician Ernesto Fernandez. Ernesto is part of the multimedia cross-arts platform The Next Stage. The Next Stage has been supporting musicians during the pandemic by recording live performances in outdoor settings all around Glasgow. Filming locations have included the bandstand in Queen's Park and the bowling green in Pollock Shields. Thank you for tuning in to Southside Fringecast. If you liked what you heard, as always, give us a quick review, hit subscribe and join the conversation. Last long. Sweet, sweet child of my little wife.